sleep. And actually, my sleep has been sleep's been pretty good lately. My sleep was good, and then my son got his uh, next round of shots. Mm. So yeah, not a reaction, but you know, like his body got hot and he got yeah. a fever, and he was he had a hard time sleeping. So. I had a hard time sleeping. The only cure for that fever is more cowbell. Exactly. Or more trend. Is that what he got the vaccine for? <laughs> <laughs> he got the trend vaccine. Yeah. We went, uh, got, going around, you know, got the same cycle as, uh, no, I don't want to say that. <laughs> that would have been me. Michael Hearn's son. <laughs> I was going to say that. Mini Titan. Yeah. But, oh, come uh, on. I'm, I'm going to say he's still natty. At least Mini Titan. Now. He's not on any, um, he's not on any actual steroids. He's just MK677 and Carterine so, at the moment is my understanding. So my thing was, what if it is a natural steroid? Like, what if it's like, is because trend, like, okay, maybe it's not natural, but like, what if it's like an organic compound? You mean like, what if your body already produces it and you're yeah. just trying to optimize it? Yeah. You know, just, a, just <laughs> like a, something like testosterone, just maybe a, just a little dab here and there. Come on, people. Why yeah. is everyone so upset? I love steroids. I'll be on and off for the rest of my life. I said it in bigger, stronger, faster, and I still stick by it. <laughs> They're amazing. Oh. Should we, we should just talk about steroids? So just time. forget the whole topic. I'm down. I mean, you know, everyone else will be down. I know. People love them. Well, <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I think you and I both agree. They're awesome. They are awesome. They're helpful, you know? And uh, yeah, I think I think in terms of like, what we're seeing with hormone replacement therapy, I think will be more and more common. I think at the moment people don't really know where to go. Yep. It's, um, it's not as bad as the uh, black cable box from years ago, mm -hmm. but, um, it's almost as bad. Like, remember you had like you, somebody would get a hookup with that black cable box and you get all the pay-per-views and the showtime and the HBO, but no one ever really knew who they got it from and they wouldn't really say, and you they had to just never. be in the know. Mm -hmm. To like find out how to get it. And then I remember, so I've said this on, on air before, but my aunt had one and I just like, dad, can't, why can't we get one? It's like, oh, well, you can't get one because they're illegal. And if, you know, the cops find you or whatever, like you're going to jail. And so thinking about it, I'm like back then it was like, yeah, they probably have like everyone's like cable connection and they can see like, like, whoa, like this TV is getting way more than it's supposed to. But thinking about it now, they probably had no freaking way how to track that sort of thing because there was like no internet. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, how would they even, how would they know? And you're like, dad is like, are, is your sister, like she some part of <laughs> fucking gang that I don't know about or something? Like, what the hell? Like, she seems like a, just, she's a teacher or whatever. You know yeah. What I mean? like, yeah. She seems like a real straight shooter. <laughs> yeah. Seems like everything's cool. Like she just happens to have a black box because she likes to get free HBO and some Free pay-per-view here and there. Likes to watch some boxing. We would we're, watch all the Mike Tyson fights over there. We're drinking some Coke Zero, so we're <laughs> sorry about if we're uh, burping. I've burped too much. Incessantly over here. And it's funny. Uh, I was recently talking about a, a you know family gathering we had, and my cousin was there, and she was the first person like a couple years ago. Like, I'm just burping up a storm. To me, it's exact same thing as exhaling. It's just something I do. I don't even like, do you have to think about breathing? No. <laughs> do I think about burping? No. One of the reasons why, I, and one of the reasons why I control farts is because like I control farts, you know, like I, I make them like make a certain sound, you know? So <laughs> yeah. I, I, when I'm around other people, I hold them back because I'm like, mm -hmm. this is, 
I can make this really cool sound, but it's at a very inappropriate time. <laughs> and then also, I know, you know, the aftermath could be deadly sometimes. You, yeah. know, you, don't, you don't know what you're cooking down there all the time. Right, right. You can sometimes guess, you know, you can make an educated guess when your stomach feels a certain way on how bad it's going to stink, but you can't always tell. But a burp is normally fairly innocent, so, you, you know... You're just like, I, when I burp, I do the same thing as when I fart, except for I just, I, there's no holding back. I just like randomly just burping, like while I'm talking to somebody, I don't know why, but, and then I like kind of just, I, I for some reason want to make it as loud as possible as if it's some sort of like mating <laughs> call type thing or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Yeah. So when, when I burped in front of my cousin, she was like appalled and I'm like, whoa, like what? <laughs> the fuck like what's wrong and she's like how could you like oh my gosh like we're at the table and i'm like what like, i literally had no idea what was her deal i'm like did i i don't know dude like did i accidentally like spit on something like what what's your problem and she's just like your burp and i'm like oh what like what do you mean like, even then i was still confused but You're at least i like knew. yeah i guess it is gas at the table so you like i get it but, but I, I we're did, splitting hairs over yeah, here yeah <laughs> and then you know and I, I'll, I will usually do the thing where like you kind of blow it out the side of your mouth and up so you're not yeah. like blowing it at somebody's face because that's pretty bad and then also if you do eat something and then you burp it up you're just like oof, like damn <laughs> like that was my my bad everybody you know, I, I had wiener schnitzel that's yeah that can be really bad if you had pesto anything with like pesto in it uh, garlic, garlic um yeah peppers and onions say and some like, spicy ooh. things yeah, yeah peppers peppers linger for a really long time anyway peeps i think we're going to talk today about embracing new things so okay, if you guys want to hear more about like performance enhancing drugs we could talk about that in a future episode and maybe kind of discuss um you know reasons on why someone might consider them and and so forth but i think just in the future we're going to see more and more of these um uh hormone optimization places popping up where people are going to be able to get more help. I hope that that's true because like I said, at the moment it's kind of hard to find information out on it and um, we'll dive into it in a future podcast. We just had uh, Jeff Whitmer Whitmer on the podcast and him and his dad spoke quite a bit about it. So there's tons of information on that podcast. Uh, Go and check that one out when you have an opportunity. It was episode number five, something I don't know. We're five twenty. In the 520s, you'll see it. Jeff Whitmer. Yeah, Jeff and Dr. Michael Whitmer. Yeah, they. it was it was great because uh, there's a lot of people that are suffering out there. There's a lot of people that are like, when I say suffering, I'm not talking about they have like life-threatening disease. I'm just saying like they are, they're stuck. You know, they're stuck with where they're at. They're trying to make some changes and uh, they're they're putting their best foot forward, but a little, they could use a little pep in their step. and. um you know, there are, I think some people think, oh man, it's cheating when you go that route, you know, but, um, I can say from firsthand experience, you know, I've done it both ways and I, I did, did it the, the quote unquote right way for many, many years. And that felt good. Um, but when I switched over and started taking some stuff, it exponentially just quite simply and quite frankly, just felt a whole lot better. I mean, a lot better. Like when I trained, I felt I felt enhanced. Mm-hmm. I felt better. I felt stronger. I felt like I could kind of run through a brick wall. And I think that's originally what you think you're going to feel like when you train. I think you think you're going to kind of turn into a superhero. I mean, that's sometimes what you see in those superhero movies. The guy's scrawny, he gets picked on, and he goes through some training, or he falls into 
a vat of chocolate, no, a vat of <laughs> chemicals, and turns into, you know, whatever he turns into, gamma rays or whatever, and he turns into the Hulk, turns all jacked. Mm-hmm. I think that we think that we're going to train for a bit, and that's going to help us no longer feel like we're being like isolated or picked out for anything, any one thing in particular, and then we're going to be able to kind of fight off stuff easier, you know, or just feel more comfortable in our own skin. And it doesn't really work that way. It's like much more complicated than that. It takes a long time. It takes a lot of training. It takes a lot of planning. It takes nutrition. It takes sleep. And man, imagine if you could take literally a shot in the arm about once a week to enhance that, you know, sounds like a really great idea. But at the same time, if you're 16 years old, um, you know, maybe it makes sense to wait and things like that. So, yeah, but for everyone else, they just maybe be open minded and embrace what could be coming. And that's kind of what today's episode is about embracing new things. And, um, so this came from, um, it just goes back to the Doug Brignoli episode. Um, very, um, not controversial, but it eye opening. A lot of people either loved it or thought it was complete BS. Um, even amongst ourselves talking with Encima and yourself, you know, I, I loved a lot of what he had to say. It was the first time I had heard, you know, almost any, I've never heard anything like it, I should say. But had I looked at some of the comments and, you know, been like, oh shit, they're right. Like somebody was like, oh, I just got done watching a a Ripito podcast or one he was on where he basically said isolated movements are useless and it's all about compound movements. And this uh, podcast was recommended right after watch this. And now I'm really mm-hmm. confused. And I'm like, dude, I totally get it. Even talking to Encima and he's just like, I get what he's saying, but I'm not going to give up compound movements. Um, you still need to do this and that and that and this. So had I listened to some of the, the negative comments, had I even just put a little bit more weight into what Encima was saying, somebody I look up to, I might not have been willing to try some of these Brignoli movements the way I have been doing. The cool thing was I was doing something similar beforehand. Um, I wasn't really messing with the barbell just because um kind of trying to repair my back and not be under a, uh, under a bar. Um, but then finding this information and training this way, I've just, I feel better. And had I not just been open-minded and tried to embrace this new idea of, of training, you know, who knows where I would be, hopefully not hurt or, yeah, you know, I'd probably be fine, but maybe I wouldn't have been making as much progress as I have been. And, you know, again, there's that, there's the, t- the TRT you just talked about. So I wanted to kind of just have a discussion about being more open-minded and, and be wi- being willing to embrace new things. You, you are running right now and, you know, you can go in and talk about the progression there. But I mean, when I first met you, I mean, shit. <laughs> I, I posted a video recently of you and Encima real nice and thick, and it's like, hey, uh, thick Mark, do you ever think that you'll you'll be, you know, running like literally, like you know, going out for a jog instead of lifting? You might have been like, hell no, but <laughs> you've kind of taken that on and you've really embraced it, and you've gotten really good at running. And so, you know, how did that come to be, and like, what's the progression there with your um with your jogging? I've found that you know, through my own personal experiences that being open-minded has been extremely helpful to me, um, in many, many aspects of my life, all the way to the point of understanding why one person, uh, would be into something, uh, over 
myself thinking that it's ridiculous. Uh, for example, um, you know, now that I am more open-minded, there's uh, nothing sounds all that ridiculous to me. Right. Um, but let's say, uh, skydiving, like I'm not that adventurous, you know what I mean? So skydiving, like I don't really see myself doing it, but if someone told me about it and someone said, Hey, we, you know, I got a great instructor and here's what we do and here's how it works. And it's someone that knows what they're doing. I'd be like, yeah, okay, that's out of my normal comfort zone, and I'm not into necessarily just doing shit because it's uncomfortable. Um, but I am open minded enough to recognize that that could be a cool experience. And if I'm kind of a like, I'm only kind of afraid of heights. I'm not. I'm not like deathly afraid of heights. Um, but you saw from the VR that <laughs> I, I did. Gonna ask it. <laughs> like I got pretty freaked out, right? So yeah, jumping out of a plane would. I could pee my pants, you know, like I. I'm a little skittish. Like I get scared around like big animals. I, I always think they're going to like fuck me up. And like, I, I don't know. I'm just, I've always been that way. Um, I can get uncomfortable in some of these situations, but I'm also um, in recognition of, Hey, like, you know, embracing these fears might really help me to be able to follow through with my dreams in other areas, you know, and that's a quote of mine where I talk about that often I think that's one of the things that we're trying to do in this lifetime is we are trying to not necessarily trying to embrace your fears, but I think that we have to embrace our fears. The things that you can't do, quote unquote, can't do, or the things that you probably must do. Um, I'm not very flexible. Therefore, I should stretch. Uh, I don't have great stamina. Therefore, I should probably do things that work on my stamina, work on my endurance. Um, my heart is probably pretty damn powerful in some regards when it comes to lifting weights. It's probably quite used to pumping for that kind of thing, but it's probably not used to pumping, uh, for something like running. So let's be open-minded to that. And maybe when we're open-minded to these other things, maybe when we venture off into something else, we could put more points on the scoreboard, but in a completely different category. So let's say you put up points on the scoreboard every single day for fitness, but then you end up being a little bit of an idiot because you're not putting up points on the scoreboard anywhere else. You're not testing yourself intellectually, intellectually perfect word to not be able to say, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're not testing yourself, you know, in ways that, you know, challenge your mind, right? Um, you're not testing yourself in ways that, um, you know, might challenge, uh, your relationships and different, you know, different things like that. You're just putting in time and effort into your fitness all the time. And you're not recognizing that, uh, your relationship at home is suffering because you're at the gym for four hours. So this Instagram post that you have that you reached 5% body fat and did a squat with 500 pounds for three reps, while that's extremely impressive to be that lean and to be able to handle those kinds of weights, that's really cool. Meanwhile, you're falling apart in other areas, maybe quite simply just because you weren't open-minded in some areas um, to reflect and to kind of look into, hey, you know what? Like, that's probably not reasonable for me to work out for four hours every day. That's something that I've worked on a lot over the years, and it's actually something that I learned from uh, from an attorney that we had early on with slingshot is he said, it's not a, like a law abiding word necessarily, but he's like, sometimes you can just tell some, you can just ask somebody, Hey dude, like, is that reasonable? <laughs> you know? And, and in the case of somebody like taking you to court or something like, 
sometimes people don't really care what's reasonable. But I think that, you know, um, most people can understand what that means. Like, dude, you're kind of being, <laughs> you're kind of being ridiculous. Um, being open-minded has helped me in so many different ways. It's hard to kind of put into words, but here's something that I've recognized is I've recognized that you don't want to allow your truths and your beliefs, your truths and your beliefs to impede and get in the way of your growth, of your ability to obtain more knowledge. Knowledge creation is one of the most important things uh, that you will ever come across. The most important thing to work on in this lifetime is your mind. What you think about the different thoughts that enter your brain every single day. We don't always have control over the actual thoughts that enter our brain but we have control over how we think about those thoughts and understanding that when we think about truth, there's your truth, there's the truth, and then there's someone else's truth. So there's three different truths that we have to go through. And when somebody is speaking, as I'm speaking right now, you're like, is this true for me? (laughs) (laughs) You might be thinking half of what I'm saying is bullshit, But if you keep an open mind, you might be able to grab a couple things from me, even if you don't like me. It doesn't matter if you like me, you don't like me, or you're indifferent. Um, You can still grab stuff from me that may be useful. I can still grab some stuff from you that may be useful. The weird thing about the actual truth is that we'll never know that. (laughs) It's very hard to have an absolute truth in just about anything. Some people might say, uh, well, there's some truths to like math and there's some truths to science. And if this, if I drop this pen, it's going to fall. But then if you get into like talking like Neil deGrasse Tyson, he might explain something totally different that you're just like, I don't know what's going on anymore. And that's why I always say all we're really ever trying to do is get closer to the truth. But working on your mindset, having an open mind, having an understanding of Uh, that person may weigh 400 pounds right now and you might not be understanding of it because maybe you're not empathetic and maybe you don't understand just where that person is at in their life. This person may drink too much all the time, maybe because you're not having a good understanding of where they're at at their life in this time, at, at this time. You yourself, even though you may have worked on yourself and you may have improved yourself, if you're being honest with yourself, you have been at, there's been situations in your life where you've kind of been stuck and you had a fixed mindset. You didn't have a game winning mindset. You didn't have a mindset that's going to commit to doing whatever is necessary within reason <laughs> to come up with a victory. And I think the only way that you can continue to improve and continue to move forward and continue to make progress is by having an open mind and saying, you know what, I'm going to grab some knowledge from over here. I'm going to grab some knowledge from over there. This guy's got great information. That guy's got great information. I'm going to piece it together with my, some of my current beliefs. Some of the things that I already feel are somewhat true for me, because those things should not be ignored. Those things should not be ignored. The things that you already feel are fairly true for you. They should be examined a little bit. They should be challenged, but you definitely don't want to ignore them. So, you know, as you're kind of, you know, walking through this process, it can get confusing because there's kind of a lot of different things to, there's a lot of different things to think about. And when I started to think about um, changing things up and exercising and doing things different, I started to think about 
what do I want to look like in the next 10 years? I was like, I would like to, as much as I hate to say it now, because I don't necessarily want to be smaller now, but that is where I want to kind of move to. Eventually I'd like to be, I don't know, 210 pounds. Like that's my fighting weight. Like that's what I weighed um, mostly through like high school. Um, so that's kind of what I'm looking to do. And I'm just thinking like, well, what did I used to do? Well, what did I do when I weighed 210? I used to box for boxing. I used to run. I used to do some track. Uh, I played football. You know, like I had a lot of movement back then. I wasn't just into powerlifting. So I'm like, well, I don't really, at the moment, I don't really have a desire to do boxing, but I'm always out on a walk. And then one day kind of Forrest Gump style, the walk started to turn into running. And next thing I know, I went from a walk run where I only ran a little bit. Like when I say a little bit, I might've only ran for like 15 seconds at a time, sometimes even less. Um, and then it turned into a run walk. And then it turned into like, just going for like a flat out run. I think that's where our boy Matt Vincent is right now. I think he is running pretty frequently, which is pretty awesome after having a knee replacement surgery, but yeah, being open-minded it can help lead to a lot of cool things, mm -hmm. help put you in some new positions and new spots. I don't know what running will lead to, but maybe it'll lead to something cool. Yeah. And then, you know, here's where you see like the, um, uh, the, the, it's very apparent in like nutrition and in the diet space, somebody will buy into a certain philosophy, a, a diet philosophy and, they they will take the information. We'll just use Lane Norton because that you know his his uh, followers seem to be very vocal when it comes to somebody promoting a different style diet. They will mm -hmm. just tag him left and right. Um, not I mean I'm not I'm I'm a fan of Lane Norton. I, I'm I make everything fit in my macros as well, <laughs> but it's not my identity. And I think that's where things get weird. Is people will do the research and be like, yep, that's it. That's that's my diet or that's my whatever my training philosophy. And it becomes their identity. But do you think that being somewhat just for, a, let's say a day, <laughs> being closed-minded to research everything there is on that one subject, that one philosophy, to kind of gain the knowledge that's, that you feel is necessary to make a proper decision on whether or not you're going to take just this one bit or you're going to take the whole bit? Yeah. And, you know, just, um, uh, to clarify a lot of this, first of all, I have been guilty plenty of times of being narrow-minded, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, yeah, like that mindset can kind of help because sometimes you do spend more time somewhere because you're like, fuck all this other stuff. You kind of filter <laughs> out some of the noise, right? You can yeah. focus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, li life seems to be fairly short but you do have uh, you know i mean everyone ends up with a different like lifespan i guess um i guess what i'm trying to think about here is like you know with a with a racehorse you know they, they put the blinders on and they those blinders if they're not on the horse will actually die like the horse when it's racing it will like fall out of its line because it can't focus and hone in it sees the other horses around him and he might start racing somebody else's race. He's doing things that aren't fit for him, which happens to humans all the time. We're, <laughs> we're running races that we're not fit for, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we tend to lose focus. And so getting single-minded and getting narrow-minded and putting some blinders on and focusing in and honing in on stuff 
can be really uh, useful. But I guess what I'm saying is in the interim, when you have downtime, not when you're in the race, you know, you don't, you don't want to change your squat uh, beliefs at a powerlifting meet. Like that's not a good time to take advice from the dude in the back about like pointing your toes out, you know, unless you've never competed before. And that guy's, you know, has some knowledge for you. But even then I would say that's not a great time to explore that. You know, it's a better time to explore that in practice, a better time to look into that. Um, it's a better time to look at that in, in, in your practice. But back to what you said about the, uh, the identity is I don't think it's a great thing. You know, I, when I, it's a weird way of wording it. Um, but I'll just say it this way because it's, it's truthful in, in my own truth. It's my truth, bro. <laughs> it's my truth, bro. When I helped make pop make powerlifting more popular, um, many years ago with all the different stuff from super training dot TV. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I took on an identity, but I didn't take on the same identity identity that everybody was used to. In powerlifting, you always had the metal music on. You always saw like flaming graphics and guys headbutting the bar. I had some of that because I get fired up for 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 a lift, and we had some of our guys cranking some ACDC and stuff. But we were a little unconventional, you know. You had our boy Treston Scholl smoking cigarettes in between sets, wearing a cowboy hat. Um, you had me and Jesse Burdick always like literally dicking around with, you know, dirty jokes and messing around and having a good time. We we were unconventional. We had a lot of, we showed a lot of people laughing. We showed a lot of people messing around in the gym because I always wanted the cameras to continue running. I'm like, no, 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 this, is, this isn't a clip of a guy squatting 900 pounds. Mm -hmm. This is, it, it. let's talk more about the journey of how the guy got there to 900 pounds, but keep the camera running. Because something funny and something stupid is going to happen after the guy makes the lift. Yeah. Real quick. What was the reaction when you started showing uh, footage of Stan efforting? Yeah, that, that was, <laughs> that kind of stuff is what I'm talking about. Unconventional stuff that wasn't really seen before. Um, I think at that time, I mean, not that everyone necessarily thought uh, but people were attached to this idea that if you were a power lifter, you had to be big and fat, Yeah, you know? So talk about opening up your mind. Not only that, not only did that open up your mind, it also kind of slapped you across the face. Cause you're like, okay, what's up now? Fatso? like this guy's got no body fat on him. His legs are skinny. <laughs> he has striations in his, in his abs. You know, he's, he's a professional bodybuilder. He's not just a, some bodybuilder. He's a fucking pro. Oh, and by the way, he started this powerlifting journey in his, like, as old as I am right now, 44 years old. And he broke all-time world records at, like, 46, 40, you know, like, it just doesn't make any sense. It, it's complete. <laughs> Andrew, you look completely stunned. He's, he's, he's five or six years older than you are, or maybe even more than you yeah, are right now. That's, when you put it that, like, I, I, I want to say I knew it, he was older, but. When you put it that way just now, holy Think about shit. it. Think, we know what a mutant in SEMA is. Right. But <laughs> can he even do that? Like, <laughs> I, I would never put anything past in SEMA. Like, yeah, if he just thought about it, he could do it by next week. Yeah, he, if he thought about it, he could, he could handle nearly anything. But that, that order, for him, to, for him to 
for him in 20 years from now, 20 years from now, when he's done with his jujitsu career, <laughs> or when he's whatever, mastered his jujitsu or whatever, 20 years from now, for him to hop into powerlifting and to break all time raw world records, it would just be really, really difficult. If he, I, Again, I would never put anything past the guy, especially when it comes to anything physical mm -hmm. and uh, the guy's a beast and we have nothing but admiration for him. But that would be a very difficult task, even for somebody with that genetic mm -hmm. uh, skill set. And just back on this point of like being open-minded, I think at the time, people were kind of shocked by that. But the only way for Stan to get people's attention, the only way for people, the only way for people to buy in to what he was doing was for people to actually see him like literally break the all time world records. And he did, he backed it up. Like he talked a lot of shit. He came in and we shot videos of him and he talked about Ben white and how he was going to uh, smack him around and kick his ass. And um, you know, in, in lifting, not physically, they don't not trying to fight each other or anything like that. Um, and he did. He was able to, you know, put together some totals that not only were beating somebody like Ben White, who's an extremely strong bodybuilder, but they beat all-time world records that were previously put up by long-term, lifetime powerlifters. So it made people rethink everything that they were doing with powerlifting because they're like, wait a second, maybe our focus, maybe having these blinders on, Focusing so much on just powerlifting, maybe that actually doesn't really make that much sense. If I just always hone in and focus on getting strong on the bench, I always hone in and focus on getting strong on the squat and deadlift, maybe I'd be better off actually being a little bit more fit, having a healthier body, being able to get better sleep, looking a little bit better, having my body be healthier overall, carrying around more muscle mass than I am fat, <laughs> and uh you know, being able to constantly kind of recomp the body. And, and now you see that in powerlifting. Mm -hmm. And I think that Stan had a huge impact on that. Larry Wheels obviously had an impact. I think Eric Lillibridge had an impact on that. I think even like Michael Hearn, who's, you know, more on the bodybuilding side. I think a lot of those guys promoting strength and promoting um, that it's cool to be it's cool to not only be strong, but to look like you lift. I think those things were, were massive. And then people were like, oh, yeah, it can be done that way. Well, I think it just reminds everybody, like, <clears throat> why they picked up a barbell for the first time. It was somebody picked on me. Mm -hmm. Somebody said I was, you know, fat or too skinny or I wanted to impress a chick. So that's kind of usually how it goes. And then, then when they see the powerlifting, oh, yeah, that is sick to be strong. And then they see, like, again, Michael Hearn's like, damn, he's strong and he's jacked. That's actually what I want instead. <laughs> when uh, we started filming a lot of this stuff, you know, and documenting what the power, what our powerlifters were doing, I wanted to show everybody that we're on the same side as each other. You know, one thing I recognized in powerlifting right away was that there was really no attention for the women. Like, there just wasn't, like, it just wasn't a big emphasis on what the women were doing. So... We started a pro-am for women. And then luckily Laura Phelps took that on later on. And I don't know if she still runs it, but she ran it for a good four or five years. Um, you know, women in strength and women in, I guess they get more credit in like fitness, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's sexualized. And mm -hmm. so of course, right. But when it comes to powerlifting, you just, it just always kind of got brushed off to the side. It was like, we're going to have this competition. 
And then it's going to be super sick. You know, day two is going to be pro and it's going to be the best lifters in the world and they're going to get cash, you know, but it was always just men. It was like women would lift on one day and teenagers or whatever. And then it was like the dudes would lift the next day. And I was like, that doesn't, that seems kind of screwed up. I'm like, these women seem like they're really just unbelievably strong. So let's kind of put some focus on that and let's, um, let's show people what these women are capable of doing. Another thing that I did to kind of help, um, just showcase different things in powerlifting was I made a CrossFit category. Mm. In addition to that, we had raw single ply, multiply, like most federations didn't have that. But the federation that I went with, the reason why I went with them, I went with the Southern Powerlifting Federation, which is a story that's not important necessarily, but like, why would, you know, you'd be in California to go with the Southern Powerlifting Federation. It, it was simple because they offered the most opportunity for people to lift. If somebody wanted to lift raw, they could. You got to keep in mind, 10 years ago, there was not raw categories in powerlifting. If you lifted, you just lifted amongst uh, whoever was wearing powerlifting gear as well. And so if you bench 315 and someone else bench 600 that was in a bench shirt, it was like tough luck. You got <laughs> blown away, you know? And I didn't, I didn't like that. I didn't think that was, I didn't think that was great. Um, I thought that if we, if we have, if we put a little more emphasis on females, if we put a little bit of emphasis on there's many different forms of powerlifting and we, if we just say, hey, anyone can come into this, we don't really care what you wear, but you're going to go into your own category. It might open things up for people to be more open-minded to get on the platform in the first place. And it might make this damn sport that I love, which is kind of boring. <laughs> it might help make it, it might help make it a little bit more exciting. When I opened things up and had a CrossFit a category, um, people were really frustrated because they were like, why is there a CrossFit category? And that was so simple. It was just the fact that there was a lot of CrossFit boxes popping up around the country. You didn't have to necessarily do anything crazy to prove that you were a CrossFitter. You didn't have to like come in there and do Fran or anything, mm -hmm. but it was just kind of the honor system. And we wanted to allow people that were doing CrossFit, just a honest competition that they can go to where they don't have to compete with veteran powerlifters that will just completely smoke them because a powerlifter that would be um strong in a cl weight class of uh guys that are um pretty high level to crossfit at crossfit like would be like someone like jason kalipa who could maybe deadlift like 550 maybe he can bench he can bench around 315 he could squat around 405 those numbers for a powerlifter for a seasoned powerlifter uh, those wouldn't, those numbers wouldn't cut it. Like he just would not be able to compete. So I was like, well, these men and women, they, um, they do cleans, they do snatches, they run miles. They, they do these crazy CrossFit workouts. So they don't focus on powerlifting, but how cool would it be to offer powerlifting to them? So now they can kind of pop in here and people were just, people were really pissy about it. But in the end, it gave powerlifting more exposure. And so again, there's another kind of case of just, hey, you know, be a little bit more open-minded. Maybe we could find something else here. There's no mm -hmm. reason to get mad about it. That's cool. I didn't, I didn't really know that, or maybe I just didn't pay attention to that, but that's a freaking genius idea to bring more people to powerlifting. Uh, earlier, you said something about skydiving, and it just made me want to ask you, which one is scarier, skydiving or bungee jumping? Um, both of them are scary, but I have bungee jumped before. Oh, you have? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, I didn't care as much about any of that stuff. 
um some of my friends have told me like it has to do with being a dad i had other friends that have told me that it has to do with like getting big but i don't know i don't know if it equates to that but like you know i did get up to like 330 pounds and when i got to be like 300 i remember i was like pretty scared to get on a plane i just started getting worried i was gonna get trapped places because oh, i was shit. like because <laughs> i was like larger you right. i mean yeah i mean just picture if uh just picture if you grew like five inches you know he's just like You'd be like, shit, man, I don't fit anywhere anymore. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of what happened. You know, my shoulders were wider. I was just a bigger person. And uh, yeah, it kind of made me panicky. Like everything else seemed smaller, which it was because I was bigger, you know. Mm-hmm. Can I get a hey now? <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, it was weird. But yeah, I have, I have, uh, I have bungee jump before. I think, you know, the most important, like one of the more important things here is just be unconventional. You know, uh, we talk about being made of something different and uh, people have heard the Steve Jobs quote of think different. Um, we heard Andre Milanichev talk about um, think less, you know, but actually if you think less, you'll be thinking differently because most people think too much, but be unconventional. And when someone's doing something a certain way say, I kind of wonder what the opposite of that is, you know, I wonder, um, like, let's say you're struggling right now and you're having a really hard time losing weight. What if you were to say, I wonder what the opposite of this would look like? Like, what's, it'll help you point out all the errors, right? You should be able to kind of look at yourself um, and reflect on the things that you're not doing correctly if you are applying some unconventional thought to it and you're just thinking like, what would the opposite of me self-sabotaging myself every day and me continuing to weigh over 300 pounds, what would, what do other people do? What are, there's some people that have shown that they can go from weighing 350 down to being 250. What's common amongst those people? What do they do? Like, I think, I think you can kind of walk yourself through some of those things and just think to yourself, well, at the moment, maybe it's not necessarily that you're not open-minded, but you're stuck on these habits. But maybe if you're more open-minded, maybe you'll be able to investigate other diets and maybe you'll land on a diet that will work better for you than things you tried previously. Maybe currently you're like, I ain't trying intermittent fasting because I'm a big guy. And if I fast, I know that I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, or if I know that if I don't eat carbs or if I start weighing stuff, man, I heard people tell me that's a slippery slope because then you start cheating. Just, just give it a, give it a go. You know, just. Just start it, you know, just, uh, do it for a day. You know, don't, don't try it. Don't, don't think about, don't think about you might, or don't try it. Just actually do it and see, like just some of the stuff that I work on, um, when it comes to like making the steak shake, um, when it comes to making some new products that I'm working on at the moment, I just went on Amazon and ordered a bunch of like, uh, cocoa, a bunch of, um, uh, stevia a bunch of allulose a bunch of erythritol xylitol <laughs> anything at all you know i <laughs> i ordered like <laughs> you know uh all kinds of stuff just to like like i'm gonna figure out these fucking flavors myself like i have people that work on the flavors for me and they're formulators and they know what they're doing but who better to try to make something 
than someone who knows nothing about it. Like it's, it's actually like you end up, this is a weird way to word it, but you end up being so dumb that, that you're numb to the concepts that somebody else would believe that they're already bought into. No, 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 you don't do it that way. That's not the way you do flavoring. And it's like, fuck you. This is the way that I do flavoring. You know, like you've seen me do Smelly's Kitchen before. Mm-hmm. And one of my main things with Smelly's Kitchen is there's no rules. Like, I'm just trying to make this taste good for my palate. I know the ingredients that work for my palate. I know the way to cook that works well for me. If I'm trying to cook for other people, I might have to start to follow some other rules. I might have to start to think about it a little bit more and say, ah, oh, you know, most people probably don't like that much salt. Most people probably don't like that much butter or whatever it is. Uh, maybe some people don't even like those cuts of steak or whatever. Now I got to start to think about it more, but if I'm making stuff for myself, you know, and that's when I'm putting together these like recipes and making a steak shake and these different things, there's something, there's like these little tiny, I can't really say what they are because they're part of the products, but there's these little tiny tricks that I figured out myself that helped us make these products that, that didn't come from you know, I, I'm not a kind of the kind of person that's just going to like randomly like white label stuff. You know, we're going through like a rigorous process. We're tasting this stuff over and over again. We're trying to, we're working on making it better. We're adding expenses to the products that doesn't make any sense because the product already sold out. But here I am working on like, no, it needs to be better. It needs to have more of this. It needs to be more like that. Um. And that's unconventional thought. And that's being, you know, open-minded to, you know, pushing the envelope. Like, don't worry about what anybody else has ever done before. Let's focus in on doing things that are unconventional in our own way. And if I hear stuff along the way from Ron Penna or Andy Frisella or these other people that have executed really well and they're giants uh, in, the, um, in the supplement industry, then fuck yeah, I'm going to listen to some of that. I'm going to be open-minded to some of those things, but I'm honed in and focused on a lot of the things I'm working on as well. Yeah, I don't know the exact saying, but it's something along the lines of the nail that sticks out gets hammered. All right. If somebody has some unconventional thoughts or um, you know processes or philosophies or whatever, they want to go against the grain, they're going to receive some backlash. How do you advise people to just how to, how to deal with that sort of thing? I think um, I think you have to look at criticism in multiple ways sometimes you have to look at criticism and say um, I don't think they understand me that well I don't think they understand what I'm trying to do that well but then secondly I think you have to be open and honest about why they don't understand what you're trying to do um, it, it could very well be that your idea is stupid <laughs> You know, there's a possibility that it's not great. There's a possibility that the criticisms they have for you. Now, if someone's just said, like, if you post a picture and you're like, hey, I just, you know, I sewed this thing together like this. I, I made these uh, gloves for motorcycles or for shooting my new gun. And the first comment is that looks dumb. That's not a that's not a that's not a legitimate criticism that can be helpful in any way. Um, it's not even worth engaging in in any way. It's just somebody just literally just trying to shoot down what you said. If someone, um, if someone was to say, "Oh my God, I had the same handgun. I had the same problem. I wonder what it'd be like if the gloves were more like this." 
now you got some, you know, or you have a family member who's like, hey, man, you sure? Like family members have weird ways of wording things sometimes. Hey, man, you sure you're going to go with that? But maybe they have a legitimate question about it. Maybe they're not trying to just knock you down. So be open-minded and, and be looking for stuff and be open-minded enough to recognize that, as we say many times on this show, hurt people hurt people. If someone's trying to hurt you because you have a cool idea or you're trying to do something new or different, you're trying a new job, you're trying a new diet, and somebody's trying to shoot that down, the, the next question is, why are they trying to shoot this down? Mm-hmm. You don't have to even ask them about it, but you can sit there and think about it for a second. And when you respond to them, <laughs> I mean... You could crush people really bad. You could say, wow, that's interesting. I, I, I was kind of expecting that you would be a little more supportive. <laughs> They'll be like, huh? You know, or you could just ignore it. I usually just ignore. I usually ignore that stuff. For me, I have concepts that have been, that have worked. But I'm also open-minded enough, I think, sometimes, um, to recognize that yeah, I could still be more optimal. Things could still be better. So, I mean, you've given me suggestions and Seema's given me suggestions. Um, we all give each other, we all share stuff. And sometimes I can implement it and it works great. And other times I'm like, that doesn't work for right now, but that is a good criticism. I'm going to keep track of that. We should be de- like, um, just small example. Let's get together a website. Like we've been talking about a website. We've been talking about selling stuff on the power project for probably we probably mentioned it uh nearly two years ago we haven't done anything with it yet we're still working on it you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. just little things like that and i recognize the value of that but i also don't want to just dive into something have something that is like half-hearted i want to make sure that we can actually do it you know i can make i want to make sure that we're um actually headed in the right direction and we actually are we have a company um that has done the slingshot uh website they just finished the within you website the next website to work on is the power project website so some of these things they take a little while um to implement but i don't think there's really a lot of good reasons to to sit around and fight with people about these things um sometimes you might have to defend yourself a little bit um but i think I think really what I, what I'm after, what I'm trying to work on is let's, let's be on the same side, you know, let's, let's work on, and I, I'm guilty of being like the war on carbs guy of saying like, Hey man, you don't need to count calories. The word need is, the word need is an interesting word that's, you know, in, in that narrative right there where it doesn't really make any sense to to communicate that to people. Some people may need to (laughs) count calories. That may be the most effective strategy for them to maintain their body weight the way that they want, or for them to lose body weight the way that they want, or for them to gain body weight the way that they want. So it's not useful for me to mention that at all, even though I personally don't choose to count calories. What's more useful to me is if someone says, Hey man, you know, I'm really struggling. I've been counting calories. Um, here's what I've been doing. What do you think I should do? It doesn't do me any good to bash some of their current beliefs. 
what what would probably be the most helpful is say, hey man, join the club. A lot of people have a hard time getting lean. And I don't know if you know about these other diets, but there's like a keto diet. There's a carnivore diet. There is, um, there's a way to utilize protein leveraging. There's a way to utilize these, all these other things. And they all do what you're working on when you count your calories. They all basically are nixing out calories from your current situation, from your current diet regimen. But maybe you have to reevaluate the way that you're counting these calories. Maybe you're ending up compliance is the science, right? And so you have to find, when people say you have to find something that works for you, I don't necessarily believe that there's, that there's any diets that don't work for any particular people. I think all diets work for everybody. I think the problem sometimes is, is that people don't want to follow that particular diet. So that's what they're trying to communicate. I tried keto. It didn't work for me. They probably mean I utilized a ketogenic diet for a while. I don't love to eat that amount of fat. Therefore, I had to bow out. I thought it was disgusting. (laughs) You know, Uh, I barely even like to eat meat and the carnivore diet didn't work great for me. All that makes total sense. Um, However, again, I would say that if I put a person on a ketogenic diet, any person, and we equated for calories and we equated for the amount of protein that they ate, we could get them to lose weight. Each person is different. If someone is obese, yes, they could have hormones that are uh, in the, a little bit in the way of them making progress. And so you ha- might have to tweak the calories a little bit more. They might need a tiny bit less than someone of a similar body weight because their body is, um, their metabolism, their body is just kind of a little bit uh, inefficient at burning body fat. But it doesn't mean that they can't lose weight. We could put that same person on a Mediterranean diet. We could put that same person on a very high carb diet. Does that person respond differently than other people to the same diets? Yes, of course they do. But it doesn't mean that they can't lose weight. Again, I'll repeat. I think all diets work for everybody. Literally, they work for everybody. If you can comply to them, if you can utilize them for a while, And when I mean comply to the diet, I'm referring to figuring out some sort of energy balance, figuring out a way. For me, I don't think that I need to hone in on the energy balance because I hone in on making good food choices, which in the end (laughs) um, is the same thing as when, like, I just don't, I don't happen to weigh my food. I don't happen to track my food, but what do I do? I weigh myself. I look in the mirror every two, three weeks. I take measurements. Are these measurements heading in the right direction? If they're not, you know, the scale, the scale is a way to measure. Like I, you know, instead of weighing my food each time or, uh, part, you know, um, partitioning it out into different things that in my fridge or, or into different Tupperware, I just choose to weigh myself. If I am trending downward, I'm 235 one day, a couple days later, I'm 233, a couple days later, I'm, you know, 230, a couple days later, I'm 229, a couple days later, I'm 230, a couple days later, I'm 227. (laughs) Like it's going to go, it goes in weird patterns like that, right? Um, 
then I know that things are going the right way. If I have two or three days that were kind of off plan or I just overate, the scale goes from 231, starts going 233, 235, 230. It's like, whoa, like, hey, let's, you got to get back to eating a little bit less or figuring out something a little bit different. Maybe having leaner sources of protein for a minute. That's, that's how I do those things. But <clears throat> having an open mind, there's no re there, it, it doesn't help you to get married to any one principle idea. It's just hurtful. You do what I like to call, and our buddy Daniel Arego has pointed out before, you challenge your own progression. All I'm trying to do is get people to open up their ears. I would like for people to listen to the messages that I have. If I'm going to get people to listen to the messages that I have, it's not helpful for me to say something degrading to somebody. It's not helpful for me to say something really negative. It's not helpful for me to sit here and talk about politics. There are two... Um, I'm an open person, so I don't mind saying almost like whatever, but those things are too inflammatory and it gets people to shut down. Oh my God, I can't believe that he believes that. Now I'm not, right? But if you're, hopefully we're all on the same side, which is the side of um, trying to assist and help people to fight each and every day to figure out ways of controlling their diet, controlling their uh, habits with their nutrition. That's all I'm trying to do. You know, and if we can put aside some of our other differences on what race we are, um, what our beliefs are uh, with our religion, what our beliefs are with this or that, then that would be great. But a lot of times we, a lot of times we all struggle, not all, a lot of times many of us struggle with that. And so therefore those are topics that aren't great to talk about because then people go and they shrink down their brain and they are like, nope crazy person can't believe can't believe he believes in that can't believe he's supportive of john cena who's sitting right here on the <laughs> on the podcast that kind of stuff you know and so i i am uh even though i did have a race to zero followers for a while and even though i still kind of you know i still kind of would love to just assist people to get over the hump on that and have a mindset that is strong enough to not be pulled one way or the other and utilize social media as a platform, as a testing ground to test your, the strength of your body, mind and spirit. Every single time you go on there, like see if you can not get triggered by anything. See if you can not end up, you know, posting something negative. You know, if you're going on there to like check stuff out, like question yourself a little, what are you looking for? Are you looking at like friends that you hate? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Are you sitting there with your significant other being like, Hey, look at, you know, this effing person again is, you know, can you believe that? Right. And you get in this, like, it's just, just shut it off, you know, leave something nice, uh, hit the like button or, <laughs> or get the hell out of there before you end up, um, just kind of being part of that, that whole mess. And, uh, you know, I, I think it would be helpful if, uh, you know, all the way from Lane Norton, all the way to Paul Saladino, all the way through to Stan Efferding, to myself, to Jay Cutler, to anybody talking about nutrition and some of these uh, concepts. It'd be helpful for all of us to be more on the same side because all that we're trying to, um, I heard, hear Greg Doucette getting all kinds of flack all the time. I'm like, 
I just I see that guy as being pretty helpful. Yes, I understand that people might uh, not like how excited and fired up he is all the time. Maybe he's not everybody's <laughs> cup of tea because he's loud, and I I think he's entertaining. Um, and I also just don't take life so seriously, so I think he's funny. <laughs> But again, like, let's just all be on the same side. Greg Doucette has the ability to help millions of people. He's able to draw a lot of attention. More plates, more dates. That guy's got the ability to get a lot of people to listen to him. I'm all for it. Um, some of the people that we had in the podcast that we've had some disagreements with, um, most of those people are really helping a lot of people. The recent doctor that we had on, um, we didn't agree with, you know, some of the stuff that he said. And it kind of got a little frustrating at times because he challenged his own progression. Um, and he was open-minded in so many other areas. And we were like, why isn't he a little bit more open-minded in this one spot? It would have been nice. But he just wasn't. But that's okay. The, a lot of times people that move the needle and people that change the world are uncompromising. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of a tough way to end the show because we are talking about being open-minded. But... Um, the people that are uncompromising are people that usually have different, different ways of thinking altogether, almost like an Elon Musk. One hell of a Saturday school, Mark. It's not even Saturday, bro. I know. We, well, by the time people hear this, it'll be Saturday. So technically right now it is Saturday, even though it's still Friday. I'm pretty upset with you right now. Uh-oh, what I do? Well, what didn't I do? You won't tell me about this fucking futuristic thing that you're able to do you got a flux capacitor or something like you're always talking about the future like oh this is going to happen with these people and mm -hmm. uh, you know i thought we were friends well we are okay first not anymore not anymore but second i still can't tell you about the flux capacitor and you know how it needs blinker fluid to run mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i forgot how many gigawatts that actually equates to but it's yeah. a lot it is a lot it's like a lightning strike my you people. share everything else with me. Bit. Spit and game. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, dude. Thank you for that, though. I appreciate it. I think the class will appreciate it as well. Dude, we should delete that part about your aunt. I don't want her getting thrown in jail for the black box. Oh, nah, I think she's okay. She's all right. She okay. should be fine. There's got to be a, uh, what's it, a statute of limitations? <laughs> I don't even know if I said that right, but yeah, whatever that term is. I hate when you find out you can't say a word. It's, ah, dude, I'm the, I'm the worst. I was, um, so like in Seema's like full bore on TikTok right now, and he's like, you got to create your own personal account. You got to get on it. And somebody took my freaking, my, my handle, at I am Andrew Z. Someone took it. Damn. So I was like, I can do at I am Andrew underscore Z. And he's like, nah, I don't like that shit. And I'm like, yeah, because I don't like it either because I don't say underscore correctly. I say it good now, but like I, I said it incorrectly for like my whole life. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that because, yeah, no. <laughs> it's too much. It's too it much. is too much. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get on out of here, huh? I will. Thank you, everybody, for checking out today's Saturday School. Uh, links to all kinds of cool shit down in the description below. Um, as well as the podcast show notes. If you guys like this episode, um, please make sure you let us know um, at Mark Bell's Power Project on Instagram, at MB Power Project on TikTok and Twitter. My Instagram and Twitter is at I am Andrew Z and TikTok at the Andrew Z because that person took my son of a. Yes. That, yeah. Like hit that person up in the comments and be like, give him back his screen name or handle. I always get shit for calling it a screen name too. Mm -hmm. Like, you're so old. It's like, <laughs> Fuck. Like, relax, bro. Yeah, chill out. Where are you at, Mark? 
I'm all over the place. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on all that stuff. I'm at Mark Smelly Bell. Strength is never a weakness. Weakness never strength. Catch you guys later. Thank you for listening to Saturday School. Make sure you share this out. Catch you later.